Hey, this is Ross Payton with Night Clerk Radio, and this is episode 21, Vaporwave for the Holidays, or as I like to think of it, celebrating Christmas in an abandoned mall. Yay. <laughs> We're going to be looking at some Vaporwave Christmas albums. I know Burke was super excited about this topic, weren't you there? Oh, yeah, I love Christmas music. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I actually was unironically excited about this topic. Maybe not the music. Mm-hmm side of it but i think we both were talking and christmas is the perfect intersection of vaporwave themes Mm -hmm. right like vaporwave before we did this episode was like i found one of these albums i think the the one i reviewed that i knew that one existed but there's like there's got to be more and so it didn't take very long to find many many Mm -hmm. more albums but yeah it's because if you think about it, Vaporwave is really just an intersection of two axes, fuckery with pop music and critiques of capitalism. Mm-hmm. So, like, where where do those two lines meet? Well, Christmas, because you got music, you got pop music, and you've definitely got a hell of a lot of capitalism. Oh, yeah. And it brings up a lot of nostalgia and a lot of anxiety and a lot of comfort for various people. It was inevitable that there would be Vaporwave Christmas music. And I think we found some very interesting albums to talk about. But I don't know. Did you actually do any sort of research about like Christmas music in general as like a phenomena of pop culture or as uh, of capitalism or anything? A little bit. Nothing specifically this year, but in the past I have looked into Mm -hmm. it. I think some of the most interesting stuff is that I shared with you, and I'll put this in the show notes, Adam Neely, Mm. uh, who I talk about a lot, did a video kind of dissecting a Vox article Mm -hmm. that sort of made this ridiculous claim of like, oh, Christmas music just has D diminished seventh flat fifth chords or something Mm -hmm. like that. And he was like, well, no, Christmas is actually this like melancholy thing that comes out of Tin Pan Alley. And like all the early Christmas songs are actually like melancholy and depressing. Like the original lyrics to have yourself a merry little Christmas or like have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last next year. We all may be living in the past. Mm-hmm. It's a little different in 2020. Yeah, it's a little different. But then it all got sort of saccharine through the the crooners and pop music and the like into happier music. It's like, ah, we're dealing with a war. The folks don't want to be depressed. Yeah, we got to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And you sort of end up with what we have now, which is just weird, sugary pop songs about buying things yeah yeah i did i did some research you know now that i think about tin pan alley i think it was like you know the 30s mm-hmm. and so those are people whose formative experience was you know the 1918 pandemic so maybe maybe the the original music would be where, where it's hitting the way it was originally intended to <laughs> yeah we've looped back yeah. around we've hit our 100 year cycle mm-hmm. well i mean the main thing is like the, what the christmas music of 2030 is going to be like Mm. when all those teens who grew up during this like start writing their own music and becoming big hits that's good that's gonna be real interesting a couple things I, I came up with is like I actually did like studies of like, you know, the obvious idea is that retail stores and malls and all these other places put up Christmas music to get you to buy. It's like a Pavlovian trigger, you know, just like Christmas music means you shop shop now. But the the, the I read a couple different articles about this and it's sort of like, you know what, like about a third of people actually really do like it and they, they look forward to it. But a third of people get really stressed out and brings out an anxiety and they want to leave the store earlier. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the other third kind of, it doesn't really matter. So it's really interesting that they're like, yeah, we have to start this music and keep it going the entire season. And even after the season, you know, it's like early January, you can still hear Christmas music in some of these places. And I think even this year, maybe as early as like early November, just because mm-hmm. 
they just have to remind people that it's that season yeah. and it's been a slow year. Yeah. Well, there's this other thing that I found that actually has its own Wikipedia entry, the, the concept of Christmas creep, which is like a, a phenomenon that's been recognized since like the 80s of like the idea that Christmas is gradually creeping out to encompass more and more of the calendar year. I mean, the joke is as soon as Halloween is over, Christmas comes up. And like now it's even before Halloween, like in October, we were beginning to hear that music mm-hmm. and seeing those kind of decorations in stores. But like, it's interesting that the stores are like, yeah, no, like a third of our customers hate it and want to leave and it, it very negative experience. Yeah, but we're still going to do it. The other third really likes it. and A third doesn't matter. So like, I guess the third that likes it, they spend more than the third that doesn't. So they're like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's a hugely negative mental health experience for retail workers overall. <laughs> yep. That's what I was going to say. Having worked many Christmases in my early 20s, mm-hmm. late teens. Especially your album, which we'll get to in a little bit, (laughs) is very harrowing Mm -hmm. of just being stuck in a Ritz selling cameras on Black Friday. Just such a nightmare. Yeah. I only ever worked like fast food kind of jobs, so I never had to deal with stores. Mm. So I was lucky in that regard. Very, (laughs) very. I mean, Christmas is taken in like Black Friday. We do it for Christmas shopping and like. I did one Black Friday one year waiting line. And that was like for the original Xbox. Like, oh, man, I really need to get this original Xbox. And like, God, never again. So it was like early 2000s or whatever, 2004 or whatever. I was like, yep, nope, not going to do this again. That was sort of the heyday of Black Friday, I think, in terms of like camping out in front of stores and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously not really didn't really happen this year from what I understand. Yeah, so there's all this this complex cultural phenomena related to Christmas music, which is historically like a mix of stuff. Uh, uh, we get it from pop culture. We get it from like, uh, you know, 20th century pop songs like from Tin Pan Alley and also more recent, but also like 19th century British, you know, uh, carols and hymnals, basically. Um, Maddie was talking about how it's really weird to be Australian and go through Christmas because they do the exact same music that we get here in America. Mm. But like. <laughs> it's it's, fucking it's summer. summer there <laughs> so it's like asphalt is literally melting on the streets but they're just thinking about you know taking the sleigh to go see grandma or roasting chestnuts over an open fire and it's like mm, that's uh oh, yeah love that cultural export <laughs> independent of context <laughs> yeah exactly another thing i was thinking about like the holidays being haunted in terms of a, a common theme mm-hmm. that we talk about on this podcast a lot is that a lot of christmas media is also about injecting memories of a Christmas that should be like the quote ideal Christmas that doesn't actually exist and has never existed, but that everybody chases. I was just thinking about that a lot Mm -hmm. because a lot of this media does have like, there's no songs. Well, there probably are, but there's very few songs about like, I'm fighting with my uncle about the election. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all just, we're all happy family. We're hanging out. Cool to be together. And you see that reinforced, I think a lot in movies. Mm -hmm. There's this whole industry of Christmas movies. Yeah, the Hallmark industry. Yeah, the yeah. Hallmark thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I saw recently a photo of, like, a grid of a Hallmark Christmas movie, like, poster images. And they're so formulaic. A white couple, you know, one was wearing a green sweater, one was wearing red. So they're both, they're always, mm-hmm. it's one's greens, one, one's wearing red. And they're all just, like, just standing, you know, next to each other, sometimes in embrace, sometimes with their arms crossed, you know, but it's it's just like they're all like that, like late 20s to early 40s kind of like generic Hollywood actor look. And it's just like, holy shit, it's manufacturing nostalgia, it's manufacturing memories like like mm-hmm. they're, they're these are mm-hmm. similar 
to movies you remember, kind of. But they're technically new, so they're cheap, but they're the exact same kind of warm. You know exactly what it's going to be like. But here it is again and again and again. And apparently there's a market for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating. Because, I mean, there's like movies and like that we associate, you know, uh, it's a wonderful life, which is getting way more darker than most people really remember. Christmas Story, I think, uh, you know, the Red Rider, mm. BB gun. Yeah, but Christmas Story, yeah. it's on the cusp of it. It can't quite do it, but it's almost trying to make fun of that ideal mm-hmm. Christmas, but it can't quite do mm-hmm. it. It's really close. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's interesting because, again, early 2000s, there's kind of this wave of like nihilistic or maybe not nihilistic, but like more pessimistic type Christmas movies, especially like shitty early knots comedy, uh, like Christmas with the Cranks, Deck the Halls. I don't know. There's like a real cultural shift from like 80s, 90s Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, people can't really decide like whether, you know, what what kind of tone to take. Because there's, I mean, there's like, going back to Christmas music, there's a wide variety of tones, but they're all variations on a theme. Like the same kind of theme, you know, what is it going to be like, secular or explicitly about jesus or is it going to be there's of course parody songs grandma got run over by a reindeer and and so forth yeah just a whole mess of imagery and icons we it's but still all christmassy yeah it's all like the mood is all over the place but the aesthetic is is consistent like they've really locked that down yeah which really really kind of nails down how we as a culture really think of christmas because we're really divided as i think as a country i think there is that you know the third of people who are really into it and there's a third of people who are really just hate it or anxiety about it, have negative experiences about it and then there's a third of people who just don't give a shit like you're just like yeah it's it's happening and i don't have any emotional connection to it yeah yeah so i think these two albums kind of capture that they're they're all three of these subgroups at the same time it's nostalgia anxiety and detachment i i agree i've been trying to put it off but uh let's just get into these albums (laughs) i guess sure you know that was the iconic opening to all i want for christmas is you thinks the title by mariah carey but given the vaporwave treatment Mm -hmm. so this is off our first album which is fantasy deluxe christmas eve holiday special fantasy deluxe is a vaporwave label that i've in the past enjoyed a lot of the stuff that they've put out a lot of cool signal wave broken transmission classic vaporwave albums i really like the joy of sampling bob ross based um (laughs) i will just point out so this was a, a 2016 holiday collaboration album. Uh, I believe the four main artists involved were Sunset Network, Video Fashion, New Type 420, and Suspect Digital. And the presentation of this album, 
which we'll get into, is basically it's a single 30-minute track designed in that signal wave broken transmission style to be a distorted lo-fi holiday broadcast. So it opens with commercials, has a few songs, has commercials, a few songs, commercials. Mm -hmm so on and so forth. And it's really captures that aesthetic. There's like this droning, persistent VHS hiss, which I think is under everything. It's just harder to hear on the songs. Yeah. Yeah. But on the commercials, it really comes out. And I don't know if that's because they always put it there or also even we found just because like cool people, we hang out and just watch old commercials on YouTube. Sometimes that audio quality cannot be great. It can be hard to get like a good rip. Yeah, of exactly. Like, I don't think I think they probably ripped the commercials from YouTube. I doubt mm. they had their own. I mean, maybe like these people, I don't know how dedicated some people are to sourcing their samples, like in terms of like technical quality, because even if they got it from their if they had their own PCR and digitized it themselves it's still gonna have that hiss but yeah i i really like this like one thing i do like about both albums is their theming their concept because mm-hmm. it's it's very much into this 90s vaporwave haze of vague nostalgic memories that are also kind of like not great memories they're not bad memories they're just kind of yeah mm-hmm. and i think these are some of the most classic both albums mm-hmm. the most classic vaporwave tracks we've listened to mm-hmm. in a while they're all samples, but they're really in that style of play the whole song, just kind of, you know, fuck it up pretty much mm-hmm. distort, pitch shift the vocals, reverb, slow it down, but it's not chopped up over and over again in the same bad way. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, it's not all chopped up and, and screwed around with. It's still very much trying to be a single transition, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I thought was interesting just because we haven't listened to stuff like that really in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I when I first listened to this album, I nailed it as Signal Wave. Uh, but yeah, there is still like mm-hmm. that strong pitch shifting, distorting of uh, classic Vaporwave. Well, I mean, also Signal Wave, but yeah, Signal Wave slash Broken Transmissions. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about this album, it is entirely Plunderphonic sourced sampling, but mm-hmm. like it's about the curation. Yep. It's about the choice of what what songs and what commercials, you know, the Team E.T. Uh, movie <laughs> commercial, the <laughs> uh, Mariah Carey. Of- There's like a random drug abuse PSA mm-hmm. in there. There's like some odd choices that I really yeah, like. Exactly. So there there was one the the one the one sort of inclusion that really threw me a bit was sort of towards the end. The the this lounge jazz version of Otanenbaum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. With like a, it's just the piano solo too. It's like a little bit of the melody, yeah, like super jazzified. It's like all those extension chords, yeah. And then it's just like a jazzy piano solo <laughs> for a few minutes. I was like, this rules, yeah. This fucking is the best part of this album. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, that that like it's easy to listen to this stuff. It just like you know it 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 melds into the background like it it just like into it it seeps into your subconscious as you're listening to it you don't even you're listening Mm -hmm. to it but you're not in a in a certain way it's it's more it's more than white noise but like it's very insidious in that way but then this is so different even though it's not loud or abrasive in fact it's it's very smooth but like it immediately draws you back into it like oh yeah shit i'm listening to this album like what the fuck is happening yep Actually, along the same lines of some of the other aspects of this album, mm-hmm. which I liked compared to yours, which we'll talk about, <laughs> is that other than All I Want for Christmas, which is a, a mega hit, mm-hmm. I thought that it was an interesting choice of like lesser known Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to Google all, I had to listen and like try to figure out what the lyrics were and Google them. Yeah. 
And they're also kind of all appropriate. So the first song is uh, All Alone on Christmas, which was like Home Alone 2 promotional material. Mm. They made like promotional ads at the time for Home Alone 2 using that song. And it's it's featured in that movie, which goes back to the first ad being a Home Alone 2 commercial. So there's a lot of that Christmas nostalgia, which also if people go and look at this on Bandcamp, they'll see from the uh, the album covers. It's borderline parody mm-hmm. of like a Genesis game with Kevin McAllister, the Wet Bandits, a talk boy, but also Tim Allen, Santa Claus, you know, it's all over the place. That's fine. And then the other two songs are from a singer, Alexander O'Neill, who I just know is like an 80s. He's like a velvety 80s R&B mm-hmm. guy, that type of singer. Just two songs I never heard of. So I thought that was also refreshing to not hear the same Christmas songs over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I did not. I didn't go to that length. I was like, I don't I don't recognize this stuff. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But it really works uh, in this context because. Mm-hmm. It's not it's you know you still recognize even though you don't recognize the individual song, it's still very identifiably Christmas music. So it's, you know, got that feel for it, as Adam Neely can better explain that I can. (laughs) It really does set out what it what they were trying to accomplish as from described the text. It really does evoke this very strong story of being, you know, stuck while the parent while the adults you're stuck in the attic while you're doing your family get together for the holidays and you don't like it but you've got your little tv vcr combo and so i i I did like this but i don't know how many times i would listen to this it is very much a gimmick album too in the best way possible Mm -hmm. but as a gimmick it almost works like it does believably feel like something because there are a lot of hbo commercials on this which is kind of like also a vaporwave thing i think that old school hbo aesthetic Mm -hmm. but it definitely did sort of work its magic and be like yeah this is something i could vaguely imagine falling asleep to as a kid on christmas eve Mm -hmm. and i know that's just vaporwave doing its little magic injecting its worms into my brain meats (laughs) but damn it if it isn't effective it also ties heavily into as we talked about the consumerism Mm -hmm. I I really did like the commercial segments just because even they get sort of messed up. So I just I want to play one little bit of these screwed up commercials here. The city is no place for children. Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and Randy Quaid. Bingo. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Premiere Sunday, December 16th on HBO. sample of three of the movie commercials they have home alone to little match girl which i never heard of mm-hmm. i don't know if that's like a christmas parable it's like yeah little match girl christmas is yeah, yeah i don't know i've heard of that story okay and of course christmas vacation which is like the platonic idea of the like whoa it's an irreverent <laughs> christmas comedy mm-hmm. which i can only be so sarcastic having watched it way too many times as a kid mm-hmm. 
but yeah, it's just all of this, like just terrifyingly distorted memories of these, these movies and just mm-hmm. uh, really, really ties into all of that. Like capitalist consume some of the later ads, like clearly move over into like adult ads. Like I said, there's a drug abuse PSA. I don't know why. And then there's like, bring your seven up thing into Toys R Us and get $5 off a Nintendo game. Yeah. And then the last one's just straight for parents. It's like, hey, do you have a MasterCard? Buy your kids toys. <laughs> Buy your kids toys. <laughs> Buy your kids toys. Yeah, those are also some some really nice touches. I think I liked it being one track Yeah, to really sort of drive home that you're kind of just lost in this. And it's just a broadcast you can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. It's not like, quote, an album. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, this is the kind of album you should listen at Christmas time, like when you're driving to stores or if you're if you're stuck at home uh, alone for Christmas, maybe put this on to evoke uh, some memories, memories you've never had. But, you know, it's close enough to your real memories that it'll it'll hopefully make you feel both relieved and sad that you're not going out to see family this this holiday season, (laughs) you know. That's true. Yeah, this year is a little different, of course, for Christmas. Uh, if we were in a situation where we did have a Christmas party, I could see oh, yeah. slipping this into a Christmas rotation, mm-hmm. especially if you could do it without being noticed amongst other Christmas music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, just sneak it on there. Yeah, next year, whenever I can do get-togethers for the holidays, this is going on. Like, this is mm-hmm. actually both albums are. Actually, maybe not the next album. The next album's not as much of a party <laughs> socializing album as this one is. This one is like, because, like, the commercial breaks are actually really nice because people are like, oh, hey, and, like, you know, you, mm-hmm. you use as a conversation starter. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a fun little side project from a talented group of Vaporwave artists. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I can agree more. So I think we should move on to our second album. Hello, and welcome to North Hills Mall. Please enjoy your time shopping and have a happy holidays. So that was the beginning of our second album, which is Christmas Time at North Hills Mall by Vacation Bible School. And I, it's, I just uh, that first 30 seconds gives you the whole tone. It tells you what you need to know about this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get some Christmas mall soft. And if you're not into that, you should just check out now. And if you're into it, well, 38 minutes uh, more of this. And I really like the hello. It reminds me of the... Um, groceries album you were wondering if it was the same sample and it may be i'm not sure Mm -hmm. it didn't even occur to me until i was just listening kind of now because i sort of am refreshing myself when we do these samples a little behind the scenes Mm -hmm. for you kids out there and it just sounds so much like the same hello slash welcome but i bet if i listened it would be pretty obvious maybe it's Mm -hmm. not yeah from yes we're open by groceries episode four thank you (laughs) i forgot what the number was so yeah, this is Christmas Mallsoft, but I do want to first talk about the artist, Vacation Bible School, mm-hmm. who is quite interesting because they claim to have created a, a subgenre of the vaporwave that they call church wave. 
The Sound of Walking Through an Abandoned Church Lobby. And they've got like 14 albums out uh, looking at their band camp right now, starting with Crisis Theology mm -hmm. to a one that was released actually a few days ago. But so not in time for this episode, but like uh, the Ghosts of Advent. So they, they just released a new Christmas album. But I mean, I, I like Mallsoft anyways, and I would gladly take any excuse to talk about Mallsoft. So I did that. I do like this idea of exploring Christian media, which is something that is a massive influence in American culture and probably worldwide mm -hmm. culture. For those of you who are very secular and not really aware, there's sort of a parallel media industry in America that caters to Christians who can't who think secular media is too corrupt or too sinful or just too gross or obscene. Most of it is Protestant, not all of it, but it's very obviously very conservative, very much trying to and very um moralistic mm -hmm. it's about teaching lessons so some of the more big examples are the left behind novels and uh, movies starring kirk cameron uh, and the remake with nicholas cage there's veggie tales there's lots of homeschooling material there's lots of tv shows there's lots of radio shows you know every everything you can imagine and of course they create their own music and they, they have their own sort of like concerns because you can't be too transgressive and sometimes that means you know mm -hmm. not just in terms of like actual like depicting sins but also like certain art styles or things are considered transgressive you know like if it's too experimental or whatever you know certain types of dancing or it depends on what you know there's various blends of christian media so what vacation bible school has done is taken a lot of this and explored it and made vaporwave out of the music that they use for which is a lot of it is very cheap sounding synthesized music yeah vacation bible school uh takes a synthesized music and makes a vaporwave out of it so it's worth exploring if you're at all interested in that whole intersection of christian media and vaporwave yeah, we almost, I feel like, did a whole episode on Vacation Bible School. Like, it's come up as a, a possible topic mm -hmm. just because it's a weird, interesting offshoot mm -hmm. of, of media, mm -hmm. especially in American culture, especially since you live in the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, Fall Festivals and the Satanic Panic is one of their albums. Mm -hmm. One of them is just like Galatians 3.18 or something like mm -hmm. that. It's just like a Bible verses. Mm -hmm. So in terms of this album, though, this is more direct and straightforward, which is talking about like what a mall's like during Christmas time. And Vacation Bible School says that their favorite holiday season is Christmas. Given the nostalgic nature of Vaporwave, it always manages to take me back to the Christmas of my childhood. And so North Hills Mall is the mall that they went to as a kid. So it's abandoned now. And so they just kind of wanted to recreate what it would be like to be in the mall in, in the North Hills malls in Christmas time during the 90s. I think this album really accomplishes that. But you you have more complex feelings. Yeah. So I think this just goes back to sort of the point we made earlier about having worked retail. Mm. I don't want to be taken to a mall on Christmas. I don't want to be at a mall on Christmas. Not as fun as regular mall soft for me mm -hmm. because goddamn, I have to hear all this stuff all the time mm -hmm. i think again this goes back to in that mall soft aesthetic where a lot of the manipulation is not of the song itself like the production's really good like it's a really good mall soft mm -hmm. album uh it's just the subject matter yeah. hurts but i love all those trappings right? i love that opening announcement mm -hmm. i love the the echoey reverb mm -hmm. god there are some dope distorted vocals on this album yeah. i will say yeah uh the track uh this xmas with an underscore of course <laughs> the like oh yeah like that shit rules i love that track <laughs> but it gets it just gets hard to listen to an album where stuff is not far enough removed away from just being the original christmas songs it still just ends up christmas music yeah 
I do like that they choose to use different like it's not just there, there's easy jazz, easy listening jazz versions of like chestnuts roasting over an open fire in chestnuts. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like cheesy orchestral versions of Let It Snow and like Kmart and like they're doing different renditions of the same Christmas standards. Because like that's the thing is like the, mm-hmm. for every one song, you know, like chestnuts over roasting over fire, there's the there's a hundred different takes on it, uh, a thousand different takes yep. on it, and uh, each one, you know, there's a country version, there's and there's multiple versions of each take, you know, like there's multiple easy listening versions and they're just they're also similar they're they're different but yet they're so similar it's like why i guess i understand why because you know they're public domain songs they don't want to pay you know licensing fees for a particular really high quality version so yeah no just get a guy on a keyboard to bang out a version in a couple hours Mm -hmm. yeah i do like yeah the pitch shifting vocals and like and the distortions i actually did mention like um, this ask was (laughs) hell yeah i have that in my notes (laughs) perfect one thing in this album is it starts getting the the vocals get more and more distorted and, and to me a little more menacing like mm. this clip from xmas walt the vocal sounds somehow more menacing more distorted This is sort of the um, building to the crescendo of the song, as mm, you, can, you yeah. can hear. Yeah, it's getting like, again, it's bringing out that sort of anxiety, that that sort of stress, especially because, yeah, if you go to a mall during Christmas time, it's going to be packed and you're going to deal with a lot of people and lines and things may be out. The thing you're trying to find may be out. Uh, it, it's not it's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it may be big and exciting. There may be great sales, but you may not get the thing on sale. How are you going to get Turbo Man for your kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sinbad's gonna be uh, thwarting you at every at every step of the way. One I do like also like towards the end they get they get really experimental like the the, the Santa synth. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it is very warbly and mm-hmm. uncanny. Like it is because the original song is uncanny and based off simply having a wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Which is the worst Christmas song ever written. <laughs> it's like even by Christmas song standards. I hate that goddamn <laughs> song so much. It's so aimless. It's so pointless. So cheesy. I just I don't. It was the I admit the processing and making it all like even weirder mm-hmm. very much works. But man, that is a <laughs> that is a hard one to start with for me. I don't know why. I have a visceral reaction to that song. Just I, I I don't know. I just it, deep down, just in in my belly, in my chest, when I hear those opening, just synth song, I just mm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out immediately. I hate it so much. <laughs> Would it be? A, I don't know why. <laughs> I think we kind of need to put the sample in now, don't we? I guess so. <laughs> <sighs>
<laughs> but yeah, like that, I mean, again, it's also kind of serves a similar to that uh, O'Tannenbaum in, in Fantasy Deluxe album. Uh, it's just like, hey, let's just zap, bring you back in. Let's bring you back to focus on this album, because uh, like Amalsoft is this ambience of like being in a field recording area, you know, the field recording aspect of it, of just like a mall, just people talking and walking sort of in the distance. But now mm-hmm. we're going to make you focus on the album again with this. And, that, and that's pretty far in the album. But once we get really far mm-hmm. into the album, Xmas time, which is I, I mean, it's pretty melancholy, I think. And it's interesting because both albums, I noticed, sort of end on like melancholy lounge jazz mm-hmm. as like their collective signifier that we're winding down for the night mm-hmm. and it's time to go to bed because Santa's coming. I don't know. Yeah. Where it's or this or in this case, the, the mall's closing, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you know, whether you're done with shopping or not, you're done. Well, Ross, the mall closing is just capitalism going to bed. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, probably not something you'd put on at a holiday get together like you would Fantasy Deluxe. It's especially this year. Maybe it's therapeutic yeah. or just like maybe it's like, oh, God, I don't have to deal with this. Ah, make cathartic, you know, in a sense. Yeah, I agree. I would like to point out one. I noted this album for me personally. Mm-hmm. I really liked the weird Mossoft remix of Baby It's Cold Outside mm-hmm. by two outside artists because it's just very synthy. It's like actually kind of almost replaying the song. It's not just sampling it in the same way. Mm-hmm. But there's something about that synth sample that they have on the vocal melody that almost makes it sound like it's being sung through a speaker that's so broken, it just sounds like buzzing. Yeah. But like pitched buzzing. Mm-hmm. It, it just sounds like a busted PA. Yeah. Just silent, just quietly playing the the vocal melody to Baby It's Called Outside. And I thought that kind of ruled. Yeah, for me, I, I again, I didn't work retail, so I don't have those. I don't have that uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I love Mallsoft, so I, I quite enjoyed this album. But it's not something I listen to. Not in the I'm not going to listen to this in like May or whatever. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. So for this holiday season, we we uh, uh, give you some vaporwave. I mean, there, and again, there's a bunch of more albums out there. If you just type in vaporwave Christmas, you'll find a, like links to a bunch of albums. But I think these two kind of mm-hmm. stand out as sort of. Yeah, classic vaporwave, more traditional vaporwave, uh, traditional vaporwave for a tra- traditional time. That's right. <laughs> and the war on vaporwave. Yes. Oh, yeah. We, we can we can never forgive those who would war on vaporwave. We're ruining our traditions. We'll stand against them here <laughs> at Night Clerk Radio. be looking forward to our uh i think this will be our first episode for 2021 Mm -hmm. that's right and so we're gonna hit you with uh some unsolved mysteries that's right which is certainly one of the i think one of the big style i I don't know how big it's gonna be we haven't i haven't started researching but i think it's gonna be that cheap synth sound of cheap tv 
Mm. Not just Unsolved Mysteries, but there's a bunch of shows, but like that's sort of emblematic of it. Not just the theme. There's there were actually albums released uh, of its soundtrack, and I'm looking forward to that. Me too. That theme song, I think, traumatized a generation of kids. You know, oh, you listen to this music, then you hear about, you know, murders and kidnappings and all kinds of horrible things. Yeah. And there's so much more than just the theme, though. You know, you found the the rip of the cassette, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to dig into it because just scrubbing through, there's some spooky proto like dark ambient stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. If you like this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple podcast or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever podcasting app you use. Tell your friends and family about us. And of course, thank you for your support. But I am at Ross Payton on Twitter. Burke is at Burke McBurkinson on Twitter. Of course, you can contact us as at Night Clerk Radio on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you have a, a very safe holiday season out there. And uh, happy new year. May 2021 be less of a trash fire than 2020. <laughs> but even if it is, even if it is, we'll always have vaporwave to remind us of better times. We'll talk to you later. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.